This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Palin Finn Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yakas for all your fine quality kayak fishing accessories. Go to yakgadgets.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighters. Go to pelican.com. And the 153 Bait Company for all your hard and soft bait needs. Go to the 153angler.com. So join with me as together we dive into the tips and techniques that will help make us better anglers out on the water. Welcome back, everyone, to another awesome episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Lavery. Uh, joining me tonight is um, someone who's been on the podcast before, not uh, first time on the Noob Show, I believe, but uh, he's been on the show, uh, on the OG show with Mr. Brian Schiller. Um, but tonight, uh, I'd like to welcome Mr. Tyler Thiet. Did I say that right? Is it Thiet or Thiet? You did. You did. Awesome. You got the German awesome. name proper. Yes. <laughs> yes. Great, great. I was like thinking about that before I brought you in. I was like, I should have asked him that before I brought I've him in. But... Worse. I've been called worse, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even a blind squirrel finds it, not everyone. <laughs> well, welcome to the Noob Show, sir. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. No problem. So um, for the folks who uh, didn't get to hear you on the OG show, why don't you let them know who you are, where you're from, kind of how you got into kayak fishing and fishing in general, if you want. Sure. Yeah, I mean, um, my name is Tyler Thede. I live in uh, currently in northwest Wisconsin, kind of between uh, the biggest cities are probably like Eau Claire and Hudson, like halfway between there. So I'm, you know, close to northern Wisconsin, close to the, the cities, the Twin Cities and Minnesota. Um, kind of got into fishing as a kid. Um, I lived, I grew up down in southwest Wisconsin, uh, down by Madison, kind of the Driftless area. So a lot of fishing around there. Um, there's a pond by my parents' house growing up. I used to walk down there and, you know, chuck some baits and stuff. Um, kayak fishing, I got into that a while ago. I actually, um, I moved to Spring Valley um, for my day job. I'm an IT consultant. I had to be so close to my, my work. And 
we were looking for a place to live. I had, and we found this little town. We don't even have a stoplight. You know, we used to live in Madison city area and stuff like that. We want to raise a family in a small town. They have a little man-made uh, reservoir here, just epic bass fishing and some nice pike and trout. And it's just gorgeous. Reminded me of the driftless area. And um, my father-in-law got me a John boat, got into that, was looking to get a fishing boat. And my cousin at the time was working for Bending Branches, um, the pedal company, which isn't far from here, 45 minutes. And he goes, hey, you should look into kayak fishing. Really? <laughs> so got a kayak. It was a feel-free lure. Um, I'm now on their fishing team, on the Bending Branches fishing team, too. And I got rid of the John boat, and I haven't looked for a fishing boat since. So just absolutely love it. Awesome. Cool. And um, so uh, you got on both Bending Branches and Feel Free, so that's pretty cool. Um, uh, what kind of drew you to Feel Free? Uh, um, I actually, so I, I talked to my cousin. I didn't, I didn't know much about kayak fishing. I had heard of it and stuff. And him working in the industry, he goes, well, you know, I, I would look at like Feel Free, Jackson, you mentioned, and a few others. And, you know, I looked at Feel Free. I got chronic back issues in their gravity seat. I mean, that drew me to it. I've sat in their seat on the Mississippi backwaters for 15 plus hours and been fine. Plus the wheel and the keel is pretty sweet for <laughs> launching. Yeah. And, you know, bang, bang for the buck was there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a dealer for Feel Free now in this area um about the last five years or so uh just excellent customer service and I, i'm big on that uh, my wife used to work in customer service she runs the day-to-day -day while i'm working so just a stand-up group i mean bang for the buck product um you know there, there's a lot of great brands out there so teach their own but i kind of found my home with feel free uh from all the the feel free guys that i know they seem pretty brand loyal i mean i think you know yeah. Uh, it seems like once you 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 hop in one, it, it, you, you get to get to fall in love with it. And they're pretty fierce defenders of the brand from all the uh, people I know who uh, who've paddled them. So, yeah, and that's that's the thing. I mean, um, it, it's because the guys at the headquarters there really take care of their people. And the people is not only the fishing team but the customers. I mean, the customer service is just epic. And I know there's a lot of brands that have excellent customer service. Um, but they, they really do take care of their customers or people. Um, so once you get on board, you're kind of hooked based on that. And they take feedback from customers and the team. You know, there's some updates to coming to kayaks in the next season based on feedback from the team members and, and customers and stuff. So they, they make sure they keep on top of that. Okay, cool. That sounds great. I mean, I, I'm, I, I, unfortunately, when I first got into uh, uh, kayaking, I went and visited my local Feel Free dealer, but I was still totally new to the uh, whole game and, you know, I kind of balked at the price, but ended up, you know, getting a, a wilderness systems mm -hmm. uh, tarpon 120 um, because it's basically what my wife would let me purchase, you know, budget wise. Um, I've since now proved to her, you know, that I was serious about this and use my boats way more than, uh, you know, she right. initially thought I would. She <laughs> thought it was going to be another passing hobby. And she's like, there's no way I'm letting you spend a grand right off the bat. So, <laughs> so unfortunately, when I first uh, got to try them, I uh, I kind of stopped there. And um, I probably will revisit them at some point because just just the brand loyalty alone kind of speaks for itself. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like you won't see the field free guys 
bashing other brands. We're all in it together, you know, as a community. There's plenty of other boats, other brands out there with great features. I mean, teach their own. So, right. And I, I, I think you know, there is a no. There's no perfect boat out there, and right. you know, I paddled a ton of different ones, and I love lots of stuff about lots of different kayaks. You know, uh, my Outback isn't perfect. You know, there's there's plenty of things that uh, I could say I would change about it, but. For right now, it, it gets me out on the water and uh, helps me catch fish. So uh, absolutely, it's all that matters, right? <laughs> right, right. Oh, well, the one of the reasons why I reached out to you was um, I talked to Brian a little bit, and uh, I was asking him about people with uh, you know some different different skill sets. And one of the things I mentioned to him was frogging. And when I reached out to you, you said, "Oh, dude, I love throwing frogs." So um, <laughs> I've been wanting to do a frog show for quite a while. So here we are. Right on. So uh, I am a total uh, noob at throwing frogs uh, in a large part because I don't have a lot of area around me. Like I have the river. Or the, I live about a quarter mile from or uh, 15 minutes from the Susquehanna River. Okay. So um, I have that. And I've seen people throw frogs like the top toad uh, on the river. Um, but um as far as like lily pads and mats and stuff, I, a lot of my water, uh, bodies of water around me don't don't have that as much. But um, I was talking to um, one of the semi-pro guys. He considers himself a semi-pro uh, that runs our one of our local lakes, and he was saying that he does great uh, throwing a frog up under the overhanging brush. And um, I I never even really gave it much thought. I was like, but he's like, yeah, it. It's uh, kind of snagless. It comes out easy, and you know when a lot of other things would get hung up, thrown into that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, I, I'm really interested in learning more. I'm I'm still working with Brian to uh, actually get a, a Douglas rod. I still don't have a heavy rod, so um, <laughs> that's kind of the first thing in my book that I'm working on getting. I'm hoping when I go out to see him in October that uh, I will uh, be able to uh, knock that uh notch off my list and actually have some equipment that i feel like would be worth throwing a frog on but nice yeah well you're going to bear country uh illinois i condolences um i belong to a uh hunting camp upstate pa where there's plenty oh. of bear country there too oh, i mean chicago bears the football oh, oh yeah. i got gotcha. you <laughs> I'm not intimidated by that at all, man. I had to throw know. that in there for Brian. <laughs> Poor Brian. Yeah. <laughs> the bears. The bears. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you were starting out trying to, or talking to a total noob like me, mm -hmm. um, where would you tell them to start with frogging? Well, so I did guiding for a while in kayaks. Um, I, I quit doing that because during COVID, I had a hard time getting actual kayaks in because of supply chain issues and stuff so i ended up selling off my extra fleet and then what i do have i use for um a local group that i work with wisconsin heroes outdoors take veterans first responders out so but even so i mean it's the same thing because you have it's guiding just lower pressure right yep. they're not paying you <laughs> to take them out um we have a lot of good frogging here my local lake has thick weed mats in the summer um and then we are right on the Mississippi. I'm like 45 minutes from the Mississippi backwaters. Um, so there's a lot of variety and we have some smaller rivers that really don't weed up. I mean, I've had a lot of people 
that I mean the biggest thing is that the, the biggest thing is rigging up your frog right but the first thing obviously is the tackle because someone's like well I can't toss a bait caster I don't have the money for a bait caster I don't have the money for an extra heavy rod um, I use a heavy duty bait caster it's got a tiny spindle on it um, so you can put more line on it and then I do some mono backing and then I use 65 pound braid um, I have a seven and a half foot extra heavy rod. Um, it's kind of a broomstick. doesn't really cast it. it, it cause I start out in the spring. I, I throw a lot of spinnerbait and then when the water warms up, I start chucking rod, uh, frogs and I have a hard time with aiming because it's such a heavy rod. <laughs> but I, I mean, I've taken people out that aren't comfortable with bait casters and they just take like a six and a half foot spinning reel with like a 3000 size spinning reel with, you know, even like 30, 40 pound braid on it. Um, and, and that'll get the job done. Um, I build custom rods. That's what's in the background over here at my rod building station. And I built um, a couple of years ago, a guy just, he goes, I will, I love frog fishing, but I will not throw a bait caster. And I built for him like a seven and a half foot heavy spinning rod and he loves it. I mean, it's not as efficient because, you know, with a bait caster, you have like a winching action, whereas a spinning, it spins to the side. It's not as efficient, but it'll get the job done. So really, it's whatever you can afford. The main thing I tell people is throw, you know, 30, 40 pound braid. And I prefer and I prefer like a suffix braid, the 832. It has a coating on it so it doesn't get snarled up as much. Um, but that'll cut through the weeds and stuff when you're hauling stuff in. You might have to play their drag a little bit. I mean, in a kayak, it's a little easier because it's more forgiving and you can actually go for a little sleigh ride and get pulled in closer to the fish. Um, but that'll get the job done. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit about, better <laughs> about the rods that I have. I'm, you know, I have some, like an ugly stick, I'm pretty sure I could throw it on, you know? Oh, yeah. Those are, those are <laughs> like, I pull people get an ugly stick. It's, it's going to have a lot of slop to it because the tips are so soft on them. But, I mean, it'll, it'll haul them in as long as you keep tension on it. I tell people the main thing, especially in a kayak, keep your drag tight because the kayak, people are used to losing that or loosening up that drag so they don't snap the line. Well, you put heavy enough braid on, plus you're in a kayak and the boat's going to move towards the fish. Right. If you loosen up your drag, your boat moves, and then you might get too much slack on that frog and then lose your fish. So... And I know there's there's definitely uh, from what I've heard and the the small experiences that I've had uh, throwing the top toad and stuff, there's definitely some learning curve with when to set the hook, you know, with yes. the frog. So yeah. I figured we could definitely dive into that a little bit too. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> I mean, and this is where it's important, especially if you don't have like an extra heavy rod. Even so, on the kayak with an extra heavy rod, sixty-five pound braid bait caster. I have my my um, I have my uh, drag as tight as it can possibly go, because when you set that hook, your whole boat moves. Whereas if you're in a big fiberglass glitter rocket, the boat's <laughs> not going to move, right? So um, you don't have to worry about ripping the frog out of the mouth. But the main thing is the main thing, no matter what you're tossing. I mean, I've had like medium action spinning rods that I've given to people just to try frog fishing, because what I found is most people hate frog fishing because they can't figure it out but then they start learning it and see these blow-ups and it's just like the adrenaline rush seeing the fish flow blow up and then pulling them in it's like christmas morning you're wrapping the weeds off and stuff <laughs> and 
<laughs> like you might have a, you know, a, a 10 inch bass, but it was, you're hauling in 10 pounds of slop. It's just it's a rush <laughs> until, you know, you peel it apart. But the main thing is you have to count to three. When you see that blow up, count to three, because what happens is the, the, um, I got a frog here, the, um, the fish will grab, will come up and grab the tail, pull it down. Once it pulls it down, then it'll suck up the frog. If you don't wait till three, they probably still have that tail and it's caught up in the weeds. Even if you don't have weeds, it's, it's still the same, same technique. Um, and I tell people three feels like eternity. I, I know you can appreciate this. When you see a huge blow up on the water to count to three is like nightmare. <laughs> so, um, what I tell people do to do is keep your rod tip up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply because then you at least have to, as you're counting one, two, three, because naturally you count really fast, you have to bring that rod tip down, tighten your slack on your line, then set the hook. So that at least gives some buffer. The so other, by the time you do all that, you've kind of taken at least part of that. Three pretty close. Yeah. You're pretty close. Now the other main thing I see is here's a brand new frog. I think this is a Booyah pad crasher. I mean, you look at these tails, it's longer than the frog. I see this all the time. People take it right out of the package and they chuck it on the water. Well, you have two and a half, and this is their small frog. This is their small one. This is their normal size one. I have it trimmed down, but you're grabbing all tail. That's the number one thing. It drives me crazy. I see people out on the water doing that. I'm like, hey, I got scissors. Come here. What I do is I cut it at an angle here. So the longest tail is probably like half the body length or so. Here's one I got cut. Um, but what you see is one's longer than another. So when it goes in the water, it kind of makes the frog wobble a little bit. Mm -hmm. Also, you don't have as much tail there for the fish to grab. So when they do that initial grab, they grab this little bit of rubber instead of, I mean, on this one, you're talking two and a half, three inches of rubber hanging out here. I mean, your, your hook set, your hook per ratio is going to be terrible. Um, so that's the main thing with those typical frogs with the rubber tails. Take some scissors, cut them in an angle to be about the longest one, about two thirds, and it'll help with the action of the frog and then also your your hookup percentage. Interesting. I I think I, I was trying to remember whether it was tactical bassin or where that I first heard about cutting those uh, the legs uneven to help the walking action. Yes. That's that's huge. And in the lunker hunts, I used to like these a lot. I don't use them as much anymore. Price went up. Um, I like the Booyah pad crashers. I'll get to that in a second as to why. But the Lunker Hunts have the actual legs. I know you got one of these. Yep. It, actually, I preferred, yeah, I preferred, like up here, we got a bunch of northern pike. I preferred when a pike would take part or all the leg off. <laughs> then this thing would really walk with one leg hanging out. So. <laughs> interesting. So, um, so retrieve is another thing that I was... Uh, curious about, you know, um, and, and how that differs on a kayak from maybe a boat, because 
Um, a lot of times, if you watch a video on frogging online, mm-hmm. uh, the guy will be standing on the front of the bass boat uh, with his rod tip down at the water, just pulling, 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 pulling. And sitting in a kayak, that is not an easy uh, no. motion to replicate. So, no. And honestly, I, I spend it all the time. There's tournaments all over in the Mississippi backwaters where I fish. And the guys get all mad. They're in their expensive boats, not knocking them, but they're in their jerseys. They're expensive boats, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're just sitting there with their, and they're just ripping it. I, I use a frog as a search bait. Okay. What, like when I'm guiding and I have a client throwing a spinner bait or something, I'll throw a frog as a search bait and I'll reel it in slow. I might give it some taps, something like that, just to kind of give it some action. But as long as you cut those tails at an angle, just reel it in slow. It'll kind of wobble, especially if you're in lily pads or weeds or you bump it against some sticks and then see if you get anything. Um, if that doesn't work, kind of do more of the jerk action, but you don't need to go nuts with it. Like just give it a little, some, I even like, I have bad wrists. So to even give it a flick of the wrist, I just go like this and kind of give it a twitch with the reel. Just okay. give it like a hopping sensation, but not too much. Cause I've seen it a million times. I mean, I've, I've been, fishing while there's bass boat tournaments going on and I'm just hauling them in mainly because my kayak can go shallower than their boats can. But all these guys are just ripping it, trying to, you know, imitate whatever they seen on FLW last week. And then when they, (laughs) when they see a blow up, they just rip it. I've I've had them actually hit me or clients with their headset. And it's like, dude, (laughs) you don't need to, you don't need to work that hard. Um, We, uh, we were down in Dale hollow, uh, I almost hit uh, Jimmy Skinner with uh, a hook set that I uh, was a little early on. That wasn't a frog. I think it was a, a, a popper or something top water, oh, yeah. but uh, I sent it flying his way. He's like, whoa, whoa, watch yeah, out. Yeah. But, uh, you do the Keanu Reeves major <laughs> move. Yeah. yeah I've, I've done that to myself quite a bit, actually. I mean, it, it happens to frog. Yeah. But, I mean, the main thing is you don't need to work that hard. I mean, if, if they aren't biting, I switch colors before I start switching up my retrieve to get them more aggressive with it. But seven years spooking fish. Okay. I mean, yeah. I know uh, that's one thing I like about the top toad is that I can just kind of slowly retrieve that. And those back legs will just kind of kick, 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 you know? Um, So it's, it's, you don't even have to have a great walk the dog motion to, to make that work. So um, whereas this one, you're kind of doing that a little bit more. Exactly. And that's where you cut in the tail will help. But I have this lunker hunt with the kind of buzz bait legs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. Yeah, you have one. It's the same thing as a top toad. The problem with the top toads up here is we have a lot of northern pike. So one bite with a, on a, with a pike with their sharp teeth, that top toad's toes. Right. But I prefer the top toad. Like if you don't have a lot of vegetation or a lot of toothy fish, or you have a bunch of extras over the lunker hunt only because these spin at any kind of weeds at all. And it just gets hung up. Plus they have this trailer hook on them that mm-hmm. if you land on anything upside down, you're, you're snagged. So the top bird works good for that. Plus they're semi buoyant. They, I mean, they float, but they sink slow, very slowly. Um, but yeah, that that's a good one for, if you don't have a lot of vegetation, but you want, you know, if you want to use a frog, like on a river that doesn't have a lot of that, um, cause you can rake those up weedless. Um, they work good, make a lot of noise. That's actually where I first saw it. There was a, a, a guy who used to do a, a video blog. He used to call it the power hour. We'd go out every morning, 
from like the, for the first hour of the day and just broadcast on YouTube. And a lot of times he would throw the top toad and that's where I, yeah. I actually picked that up from because nice. um, it's out on the river. There isn't a lot of, you know, stuff there. You're mostly yeah. throwing it open water, looking for riffles and stuff like that. So exactly, exactly. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, on the river, um, my buddy Chang and I, we, we float a lot. We throw buzz baits or whopper ploppers. And the nice thing about like the top toad or even a slunker hunter hunt, not so much this, more the top toad because the weedless um, is it still makes that noise of a buzz bait or a whopper plopper without grabbing everything in sight or being as expensive, right? I mean, whopper ploppers aren't cheap. I lost two of them on my last river trip and like, oh my gosh, that's, <laughs> there goes 30 bucks, right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, for some reason, whopper ploppers are the only way I can catch the toothy fish, but more often than not, they get my lure before I get them. Uh, so gotcha. it seems like they're what I attract the toothy fish with. I don't know yeah, why. Got to set the hook. If you got bread, I don't run leaders with toothy <laughs> fish. Um, with everything but frogs, you got to set the hook really fast, and then you'll be all right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, uh, let's see. Um, so when then would you throw like a soft plastic frog? Um, I rarely do just because of the toothy fish, but the times I do is like, um, at my local lake, there's, there's pike there, but not a lot. Um, it's mostly bass. So early spring, like when the water hits about 60 degrees is when the kind of the rule of thumb for top water starts working. So I'll switch and I'll throw something like that. Um, cause a full on frog, you know, with a, with the tails like these might not have the action or the noise. Um, another, I, I've seen other guys actually take those plastic frogs and rig them up weedless, kind of like a Texas rig mm -hmm. and put some weights on the front when they're spawning. And then what they'll do, and they do this, the frogs or the turtles, they'll throw them out on the beds and let them sink down. And then the fish will think that it's coming to eat, you know, their eggs and then you know reaction bite from that or they're protecting their nest that makes sense because I, yeah. like whereas the the top toe isn't going to sink hardly at all this guy uh, is going to sink almost right that. away yeah. right so yeah interesting so it's kind of like a using as a turtle or sal salamander no that makes sense yeah that's that seems like a very good application you know bed yeah. fishing and um because it's going to get down there and stay down there yeah cool um, let's see. Um, so we talked a little bit about your retrieve. Um, so we're, when you're sitting down, you're just kind of, uh, working it slow, mm -hmm. walk the dog style a little bit, um, seeing what you can bump off as you, you come by it. Um, when you're fishing open water, what are you targeting? Uh, well, or do, you, or do you kind of avoid it in open water unless you're in the river where there's like ripples and it, it kind of depends. So I've actually used frog in open water and where I use it in open water is if I, if I'm on a ledge, say, say I'm in like three, four feet of water and there's a ledge that drops off to 10, 15, 20 plus feet. And it's pretty sharp. And I know it's there from my map on my sonar. Um, what I'll actually do is sit in a shallow and I'll cast the frog out into the open water and then retrieve it slowly and maybe give it a few tweaks or something but again not overdoing it 
um, back into the shallows because a lot of times um, some bigger fish will sit on that ledge down deep and watch up for bait fish for amphibians or whatever to be swimming shallower and then essentially you know it's trying to escape that deep water getting back to their home in the shallow water um and that's actually been really productive especially with the louder frogs like those lunker hunts or the topwater toad um because that the noise kind of grabs their attention and then they see that and they come do a reaction bite to that okay and then uh on the other end of the spectrum um with mats and stuff um What's that like? Uh, you, I know I've heard where you, you know, just pull it along the top of the mat. If you hit an open spot, you pause and let it hang out in that little mm -hmm. open spot. Is that generally kind of how you do it? Yeah, I do. And, and actually that gets a little more complex in the sense that, I mean, for, for technique, what I do is I'm, it's very quiet. I'm listening. Like if you've, if you've been out with me fishing, frog fishing, um, as a client or a veteran or whatever, or a friend, I'm constantly going like this. I, I swear people probably think I have a tick or I'm you know, <laughs> bros or something, but I just, I, I listen. And then I look, if I, if I hear a fish hitting top water, like dragonflies or something, I look for that new hole and I'll cast just past it, reel it in really slow. Then you don't have to worry about action because your weed mats are so thick. They're doing the action for you because all the fish sees from underneath is the shadow from the frog. And then yes, I'll pause briefly in the blow up hole and maybe give it a couple twitches. And if they don't bite, I'll go slow. And then they might come up after it, hit a new, if, if I miss them, new blow up hole, do the same thing. So I'm constantly listening and watching. The, the Where it gets complicated is frog selection in that case. Mm -hmm. um, these in weed mats, no go. Right. Um, even like this trailer hook will come off and uh, Chang, my buddy throws um, frogs and trailer hooks quite a bit. He's really good with it. I have a hell of a time because they always land upside town and they get they get snagged up. Um, what I do, my favorite frog is the Booyah Pad Crasher. Um, Price-wise, weight-wise, size-wise. I'm not affiliated with them whatsoever. They're just my favorite frog. But these cast really well, but they also are fairly light. They have a little bit of a weight in the butt here. Um, they cast really light. I've had pike just rip these to shreds and they still hold up. Like I might have to give it a little squeeze to let some water out of a few casts. But they really work well on thick weed mats. Whereas like this is the Terminator frog. Um, they're bigger and they've got heavier weight in the back. These will cast for miles. Like these are the farthest casting frog I found thus far. The problem is that heavier weight, they sit lower in the water. So in weed mass, they're a little trickier to pull in because they can tend to get back hooks snagged up. So, you know, something like the Booyah, there's the Vicious Frog, I think, is um, another, it's really inexpensive. There's other ones. But just look for something that's not obscenely heavy um, to pull through those mats because if you cast into the mat and it drops down below the mat and then you get weeds on the hook, then your whole retrieve is pretty much messed up. Yeah, you might as well crank it back in at that time. Clean exactly. It right. Exactly. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so that's cool. Um, I I I wish there was more of that around me because it seems like an awesome way to fish. Yeah. And the few times that I have been in the area and been able to do that, I've had success. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember being uh, there was a uh, a lake near me that actually did have. Uh, lily pad area but that area was off limits for fishing uh, um, until they went to drain the lake and they made the lake completely open for fishing and so i went back in there that into that area once it was open and you were allowed to fish there and oh my gosh i had a oh, yeah. you know an amazing day that i mean the bass were like thumping the bottom of my kayak as they were shooting around <laughs> under there i was like holy cow this is awesome you know nice um so my though my experience has been you know, not, you know, a ton that the times I have been able to fish it, it's been amazing. So nice. Um, as far as color selection, uh, I know you talked about changing up colors before you uh, change up retrieves. Um, do you just carry a bunch of different colors or what do you start with? Or I carry three color two. uh, well, really two colors. So you'll notice on frogs, um, you've heard of lures that are designed to catch the fishermen. Absolutely. I mean, you look at this, and it's just a gorgeous leopard frog. Same with this. Same with this. You look at the bottom, what the fish actually sees, they're all the same thing. (laughs) Right? I mean, these two are white. This one's yellow. um, And then this one's actually black. So typically, I have a natural frog color. Um, My main three frogs are actually... um, truly black on the bottom. I look at the bottom. I don't look at the top because okay. eagles right. see the top. I've, I've caught an owl before, so the top is quite <laughs> effective. But <laughs> I usually go with a black, a white, and a yellow on the bottom, which okay. Booyah is the kind of the blackish and green, and the Terminator's black. Um, Terminators, um, I'm out of them because that's actually my favorite, is the black Terminator. It's like this, but it's black with... Um, it's all black with yellow spots, which spots don't matter. The bottom's black. Um, okay. Usually what I do is if it's, I usually start with a green, which translates to like a white or a yellow bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, that throws off less of a shadow on uh, when the fish are looking up from underneath the mats. Um, but if it's cloudy or really sunny, I'll throw a black one because that throws off higher contrast against the mats. Whereas, you know, if, if it's brighter like that, the fish might be kind of somewhat blinded from all that extra light. So that extra contrast will actually help quite a bit. I mean, if if you can only get one color, I would get a black with a black bottom on it because um, that will be kind of your Swiss Army knife. It will throw off the most contrast in every situation. Um, 90% of the time I start out with like this green with a either white or yellow body, depending on which one I have in my tackle box. and you know, depending on when I got to the tackle shop. Um, and then if it's not really, if they're short hitting that or if they're not coming after it quite a bit, I'll throw on a black and pretty much every time I, I should frankly just start with black ones, but, um, 
you know, you've got, I mean, the Spro one, uh, nothing against Spro, but they're, they're pricey. And let's be real, the fish don't see any of this red other than, you know, maybe some of the tail. Um, but I go with, you know, the vicious frogs. My son's starting to get a frog fishing. He's five. I get him the vicious frogs. They're like five bucks or four bucks. I got him a black one and then a green one, the white on the bottom. He goes, oh, I want this blue one. I want that. I'm like, no, they're all the same. Just, <laughs> just pick out two colors and be done. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they definitely, I've seen such a range of uh, gamut of colors and everything, yeah. but you're right. You know, uh, just the ones I have here laying right next to me. Yeah. On the bottom, they're all very, very similar. So. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The manufacturers do it. I mean, it, it's gorgeous. It looks like a real frog. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the, yeah, that. exactly. The fish don't see that. The fish right, see, underneath. That's... Yeah, and this is the Lunker Hunt in green. It's the exact same bottom as your black one there. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. white and yellow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just be aware of that. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Don't go buy 16 frogs. You know, buy two frogs, buy a black and buy a green or, you know, something more natural. Be done with it. Right, right. That makes sense. Um, I know we talked a little bit about trimming the legs on um, the, the stranded frogs. Um, do you do anything with bending the hooks out? I know Tactical Bassin talked a little bit about that, uh, if I remember correctly, or somebody, I one, one of the frogging videos I watched did. Yeah, I. it depends. So on the booyahs, these i don't um i use them so much and the, the actually the way that the hooks is probably hard to see on the camera the way the hooks are shaped they're right on the body so i tried bending them up and then i was getting issues where if i cast and they land upside down it was snagging up on the weeds mm -hmm. um, it, i mean if you were in a weedless area like there was no weeds and you just had to worry about branches and stuff then it'd probably be safe Whereas the terminators, the hooks, I think it's just because the body's so much bigger. The hooks, I do have to bend up um, because otherwise my hookup ratio. So it, it really play with it. I mean, don't don't bend it right away on your five dollar frog. As long as you you are making sure you're counting to three for that hook set. If you feel when you set the hook that you have a you you have some weight at the end of that, and it's coming out of their mouth then, you know, take some pliers and bend it up a little bit at a time. It, it's really, it, it, it varies based on your technique and the frog, but, you know, it, Lunker Hunt, same thing. I used to use those. I still use them quite a bit, but, you know, they're a little more pricey than the Booyahs, but their hooks are actually already curved up quite a bit. And the way the body shape, it comes to a point, and they're mm -hmm. so soft when the fish, the fish bites, you actually, other than the, the main problem I have with these is you have to wait a little longer on the hook set because their legs are so long. And I mean, you could, I, I've had them rip off from pike and bass and they actually work just as well. Um, you could trim them, but you kind of hate to take a $7 frog and destroy it right away. Where it works so <laughs> nice. um, but you, you just wait a little longer on these and the hooks are actually bent up more versus the Booyah and the Terminators are kind of forward. So these you don't have to bend. From my experience, it's mainly just the Terminator one, just because the bigger, bigger body. Okay. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And then for like the top toads, um, they come with uh, uh, frog hooks where you don't really have to do much because they kind of rest right on the body. So I really like the hooks that came with the top toad. And then I think uh, the ones I got, I think I had biz baits. Uh, I got some frogs from them. 
uh, Sam Jones uh, talked me into trying those out. And those are more of the, almost the Texas rig style, like you were talking about. Yeah, they're um, kind of like a extra wide gap Texas rig, something you'd use on like a salamander or something like that. So you can't really go long, wrong with those, just getting the hook in the body right. Right, right. And those, I think the hooks I got from BizBaits had like a screw lock front on them too, which made sure. it nice. So um, how about, um, I, I remember... Uh, people saying they add like BBs in or rattles or other things like that. Have you ever messed around with that? I, I haven't. And when I'm not frogging, I'm throwing spinner baits and it's kind of the same way as spinner baits. People are like, Oh, put a trailer on there to get some extra flappy flap. I, I keep it pretty much bone stock. Um, okay. Other than trimming the tails. I, I just keep it simple. because I mean, the frogs are already expensive enough. I, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of money, a ton of time getting them ready just to have some little 12 inch pike rip it off on me, right? <laughs> so, I mean, if it works, if you're having a hard time, give it a shot. Um, I also don't like adding more weight to the frogs because what I mentioned before, if you get in any weed mass and it pulls it down, then you're you're in a situation where you're you're snagging more stuff. I mean, I've had I've had a few that have little rattles on the back or something like that. Um, I mean, you could put them in the body, sure, but I've had them where they stick off the back and they just, even though they're tiny, they grab onto everything and it just, especially if you get into open water, if you're retrieving through mats, it, it, it just distracts the fish and adds more weight that you don't need. Right, right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I figure, you know, that's, the sound is going to probably be the last thing that attracts the, the, the action there. I mean, it's right. going to be going to be the the reaction from seeing it you know hop down into the open spot or you know yeah. whatever especially yeah, it's more, it's more visual right i mean yeah you're you're mostly shallow with them the fish are looking up you're ideally in a frog or a area that has actual frogs in it and they're used to that i mean the spro i have and booyah has them all the brands have them really longer hunt has is a popper um sometimes oh. Uh, thank you yeah. for bringing that up. I was yeah. going to ask about that. I totally forgot because I don't have any of those kind of frogs. But okay. I saw quite a few when I was looking for looking at the different frogs that they have like a, you know, a popper front on them or like a chugging front, you know? Yep. Yeah. And I have, um, I have a bunch with a popper and then I have the ones with the tails on them. Kind of like the lunker hunt. Booyah. I think it's Booyah. They're on clearance here at Fleet Farm with a single paddle tail in the back. And Frankly, I don't the, know. The Spreckle one, too. Have you heard of that? I think. That, yeah, it that, might be the same. It's like, it's this one. It's almost like a paddle tail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, in open water, like in the spring, I got these on clearance this year. I'll probably use these in the spring. But in the summer here, even if you have, because this adds weight, again, drags it down. And this is all like rubbery silicone. They're pretty smooth. But it goes down and you catch any weeds and it, just, it doesn't work anymore. It's just a really heavy frog. Whereas the popper, I mean, you could honestly, if, if you didn't have the budget to buy poppers and regular, get a popper. Because you can't go wrong. You retrieve this slow and it might make just a little burble, you know, bubble in front of them. But it, uh, my wife's favorite bait from when she was a kid is a hula popper. And it kind of reminds her of it. And mm -hmm. I'll use this on the Mississippi backwaters in the spring before the weed mass grow up, but the water temperature's up in the 60s where the top water's starting to work, and I'll, you know, glug it along. I mean, all the brands have them. 
kind of rip it. It's perfect for your river situation where you don't have anything, you know, vegetation wise, you can help make some extra noise, especially the river has lots of noise as it is. So it just helps attract them. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Any other situations where you're going to reach for a frog first before say anything else? Like, um, like I was saying that the guy that uh, on my local lake that was saying about throwing them up under underhanging brush and stuff, uh, that wouldn't seem to be like the first thing that I would think of, but I can see where it would be effective. It, it is. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like on the river, we use a lot of spinner baits, a lot of buzz baits, a lot of bopper ploppers. But if you're in a river or anywhere with heavy lay down and you're not wanting to throw like a, a Texas rig, whatever, soft plastic. I'm not a soft plastic person. I don't have patience for it. Throw a frog. Um, the main thing, if you do that, I have 65 pound braid. I mean, I can rip a, <laughs> a tree down with that. <laughs> you know, um, Just make sure you got the braid or you can slowly reel yourself in and untangle it or, you know, throw a cheaper frog. Don't go get one of the fancy $20 frogs and, you know, throw that into something like that. But any heavy cover, um, I've had it where there's like a bunch of um, uh, uh, rice patties. There's a lot of rice patties in the backwaters here. I want to throw up in those rice patties. Sure, I could probably throw a buzz bait or even a Texas rig worm in there, but it's going to be kind of a nightmare. Throw a frog up in there. I mean, you could throw a frog on the, the road or in riprap or anything and just bounce it down. I've, I've had people that I'm teaching there and they go up against some riprap and they throw it up into the riprap. They cast too far. I'm like, no, that's good. It's like a real frog. Just bounce it down into the water, right? So it, it's very versatile if you're if you're in a situation where you're worried about snags at all, um, especially if you stick with a, a basic frog that doesn't cost an arm and leg. It seems, yeah, it's very forgiving. Yes. Uh, so that, that seems like ideal for a beginner. You don't usually think of a frog as a beginner's bait, but yeah. it makes a lot of sense. I, I have my son, um, he has a Zebco 33 or something like that. He's five and he has his own kayak now. He's proud of paddling. I end up towing him around half the time, but he paddles quite a bit. And um, he casts a frog better than anything else because I mean, they're they're. This is actually his frog I took from his tackle box tonight. Um, they're they're shaped perfect. They're aerodynamic. I haven't trimmed this one, obviously. I, I'm teaching him how to trim them. Nice. Um, they're aerodynamic, and he can cast that thing anywhere. And I don't have to worry about having to paddle over and untangle him 65 times, like with a spinnerbait or something. So, and, and he, it's actually a confidence builder for him, even though he hasn't hooked up on anything because he can cast so far with this. And at that age, that's all he wants is to cast. He can work on the technique later. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's very versatile. Cool. Um, when you're any, anything else you could think of off the top of your head with, uh, when you were guiding that you would see people doing wrong or obviously, you know, not waiting for the hook set, uh, is one thing. Um, anything else you remember seeing them do, or, you know, that you would be constantly correcting? Um, the hook set is absolutely number one because I'd hand them my frog. So the tail's already trimmed and I tell them the thing. However, what I see a, quite a bit of is the real down and real. I mean, you get that um, pan fishing a lot because panfish are constantly tugging in the opposite direction. You don't really have to worry about that so much, but you have to keep that tension, especially in a kayak, because you're moving towards the fish, especially when you're hauling them through slop. Um, 
you have to keep that line tension there. Uh, that's usually the number one thing is they would reel, let off a little bit, reel up the slack and pull it. They just kind of keep doing this. No, you keep keep that hook set back and keep reeling tight. Um, any You loosen that reel because those hooks are curved. So yeah, the barbs go in, but there's not much hook after those barbs. So you loosen any of that tension and they'll pop out. The fish will spit it out. Um, the the so it's not, it's really not a, a bait that you're gonna play the fish with. You're no, you pretty you, much winching it in. Yeah, yeah, you winch it in. You you give her the beans, especially on a kayak. On a boat, a little different because especially if you're throwing a spinning spinning gear and like 20, 30, 40 pound test. But if you're in a kayak, like if 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 you don't have a frog rod for bait caster, um, what I was using before I had a frog rod was I had a bait caster. It was like a medium heavy six six and a half foot um and i had i think it was either 40 or 50 pound test on it um which works pretty well for anything heavy but even then torque that drag down especially in a kayak it's going to drag you around and just horse it in um if you if you have any kind of fluoro or mono leaders on it for any reason um it's just, it's going to snap on you um, but you can't you cannot play the fish with frogs um no a because they're gonna get off a lot easier. B because the more you give them to play, the and when you're in that kind of sloppy stuff, that's more that they're gonna get tangled around. Exactly, they'll get stuck in the slop. That slop comes in and pushes against the frog. Plus, I mean, you're hauling in, I, I you know, you're hauling in like twenty pounds of slop sometimes if you're big <laughs> pads, or if you're wrapped around a lily pad stem. Those things, and that's where braid's nice because a braid will actually cut that, whereas mono or even floral, you're, you're done. So, right. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, and it, you know, it, uh, on a lot of my rods, I do run braid to leader set up, but I think, you know, when I, you know, have, you know, start frog fishing, I'm going to have to pretty much keep a, uh, frog specific rod that either that or just cut off my leaders and stuff. But, uh, yeah. And, and I've had, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of people around here, especially the pike, they use steel leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually this summer, um, Chang and I, my buddy Chang, he's on the field free fishing team. He lives near me. We fish a lot. We're good friends. He doesn't run leaders a lot, but this year he did because the way the fish are biting, he kept losing frogs. It was just, they were so aggressive at some point this summer. I hate leaders. I hate steel with leaders because they get tangled up in my eyes and they get crank, kinked and stuff, but we were actually throwing them this year. Usually we don't because as long as you don't wait for more than about five seconds, if you wait too long, the fish will just completely inhale it. If it's a pike, it, the teeth will just sever the line. Right. If you're in that sweet zone of like three to five seconds, you'll be all right. I've, I've rarely lost a frog to a pike. But this summer, for some reason, um, so, I mean, it's really what you're comfortable with. If you want to see a leader, go for it. Um, definitely would not do mono or floral because even the floral, even though it's tough, a pike, if you ever had a pike uh, tooth rub against your finger, you'll know it, <laughs> it is like a razor blade. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, that's uh, the other thing besides whopper poppers on the river that I tend to lose is unfortunately jackhammers. Like, I, yeah, I don't know why, but I've yeah. had so many just, and it's not even like a hook set. It's like a clean slice. It's just exactly. like there and then it's gone. And that's the thing. If, if a pike gets your frog, same thing. And that's the worst because with a frog hook set, you're just, you're torquing it. Right. Cause you got a bunch of slops to deal with. 
that's the worst feeling because you almost go backwards out of your seat because you're setting the hook <laughs> and the line's already cut. Like, like you said, it's, it's cut before you set the hook and you're just ripping on nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, that's yeah, no, I, I definitely know that feeling. So I, I'm, I'm curious what the, what the smallie bite on a frog would look like. Cause the, you know, that's on the Susquehanna. That's, that's what's there. And I yeah. imagine, you know, they're kind of equal opportunity. Oh yeah, uh, they'll if they're they'll, they'll destroy whatever it is. I am pretty sure. So yeah, they're they're aggressive. Um, we've caught we've caught them around here on frogs, and yeah, it's it's a it's a blast because they're so strong, especially those river ones. Oh yeah, yep. Awesome. Um, well, I mean, we're getting up near an hour here. Um, anything else you can think of? Um, any other tips or tricks that you would you know give a somebody your guiding or uh, someone new to frog fishing. So I don't usually tell people this cause I like the, the element of surprise. I like juice. Yeah. So a lot of times when I take people out, especially in the Mississippi backwaters where there's just pike galore. I mean, it's just pike. I mean, I, I have never gotten skunked there. Um, I had one client get skunked, but it's because he drank too much the night before <laughs> I got, a, I got him a lot of bites. He just couldn't set the hook, but I tend, a lot of people tend on a kayak to set their rod on the deck. So you're, you know, your frogs dangling just above the water like this, or even on the retrieve, this happens. Pike are so aggressive towards frogs that I've had, I, I'm kind of used to it, but I don't tell people this when I take them out because I love the <laughs> interaction. The pike will actually grab the frog as you're pulling it into your kayak when you're done with your retrieve. And you pretty much need a new change of shorts then <laughs> because you got this huge, this pike, even if it's not huge, they make a ruckus right next to your kayak splashing you. Or if you're laying your rod, I've had this, I've actually had to grab rods because I've, I've switched between a, like a frog and a spinnerbait. I have the frog or it doesn't really matter, but frogs, for some reason, they, they prefer hanging over the edge of the kayak and they'll come up and grab it out of the water as I'm paddling or fishing with another lure and pull my stuff down in. So it, it's just a riot. I love, I, I've taught a lot of people um, how to frog fish from all over. Um, a friend of mine from Texas came up here a few years ago and yeah, down there it's all reservoirs, you know, and he goes, I had never really frog fish. We just, you know, jig for bass. I'm like, let's go on this weed map. He spent like, I've, photos in there i think he spent like two or three hours in that weed mat working bass he never caught one but he, he got close he's like this is so much fun <laughs> yeah yeah no it's definitely uh, from i i i'm the same way i fish my the main lake that i fish is a reservoir which is like i said why i don't uh have a lot of places there that i can fish but man when i have an opportunity to do it i i i cherish it because it it is unlike any other kind of uh lore i mean the blow-ups are almost and, and it, almost every time it's not yeah. like it's a subtle just you know it's it it annihilates it every time so yeah. and it's not like a buzz bait where you're cranking it along and it's making a bunch of noise and splash i mean that don't get me wrong that's fun but a frog is so quiet and it's slowly working and then all of a sudden sploosh and then sometimes they'll hit it and the frog will shoot up in the air it's just it it, it is a lot of fun and it, it's versatile i mean i my main lake's a reservoir um, luckily we have a bunch of farmland around us. So all the fertilizer and cow manure runs off <laughs> weed mats in the summer, but no, it, you can use it anywhere really. 
Cool. All right. Um, uh, well, I wanted to give you a chance to shout out uh, any social media or sponsors that you want. Uh, oh, sure. Have. Yeah. So um, you can find me. Um, we uh, my the sales business we do is Small Craft Outfitters. That's where we sell feel free. Um, and then uh, Small Craft Fisherman is my blog. Um, haven't been blogging a lot lately because I've been so busy with the day job and um, stuff like that. But I'm going to get that fired back up here this fall. Um, I have a bunch of stuff on there. I have stuff on frog fishing. Um, I also have a YouTube account with Small Craft Fisherman. Um, got a lot of a lot of subscribers there with different stuff. You can see my owl video where I caught a owl on. Um, I don't have it here. It's one of those topwater uh, bluegills. Okay. Um, so that like, was, uh, uh, who makes that? Uh, uh, live target. Yeah, live target. Yeah, yep. yeah. They're they're very live because the owl <laughs> thought it was live. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you have any questions, check out uh, Small Craft Fishermen, Small Craft Outfitters, Facebook, all that stuff. You can reach out if you have any questions. I love I love to to help people. Awesome. Yeah, you've been a wealth of knowledge on frogging. Uh, so definitely interested in picking your brain on other topics too, man. Because you definitely you know, seem to have a ton of knowledge. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on with me tonight and, um, you know, dish some of that out to our listeners. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, always like chatting with you guys. It's always fun. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And, uh, it's been entertaining and, um, I'll, I will hope to have you again on before too long. So yeah, let me know. Awesome, dude. Um, well, everyone, uh, be sure to check out, Tyler's uh, YouTube page. And if you're ever in Wisconsin, uh, stop in and see him. I'm sure that would be fun too. Maybe he can uh, put you on some fish or some, you know, yeah, a good place well. to frog and fish. And um, until next time, everyone, this has been the Bass Fishing for Noob segment on the Palinfin podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com 